0: You can subscribe to Truth Jihad Radio by going to truthjihad.com and clicking on the subscribe at substack button. Hey, welcome back to the second hour of tonight's Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett talking to a whole lot of the smartest people who have the guts and the heart to say exactly what they think and cut through the BS that is descending on us like a miasma of putrid smog that's getting thicker all the time. You need a knife to cut through it these days. So, one of my favorite literary intellectuals out there, who's also a very good writer and photographer, is Mr. Lin Din. He was on the up-wing in career-wise uh, in the literati circuit here in the United States until he started telling too much truth about various things such as 9-11, And next thing you know, he's been in exile, roaming all over the world. He's currently in Vung Tau, Vietnam, where he hangs out at the the Katao Cafe. I apologize for my terrible Vietnamese pronunciation. He got there, I guess, from Namibia. And before Namibia, there were, well, a string of places he's been... Traveling all over the world during the COVID scandemic and got back just when Putin ended it by invading Ukraine. He's been to Laos, Cairo, Alexandria, Aswan, Tirana, Cape Town, close Swakopmund, uh, Rehoboth, Windhoek. I can't even pronounce these towns he's been in, but he's back in Vietnam now and in a time zone where we can talk to him on this show. So, hey, welcome. Lynn Din, good to have you back. Hey, Kevin. Great to talk to you again, man. Yeah, hey, you're sounding good, and so is your internet connection.
1: <laughs> cool. uh, I hope, I hope, it, I hope there's no problem. I'm in an alley. I mean, I'm at the cafe right now, so you might hear some motorbikes in the background every now and then.
0: But uh, I should be okay. Cool, that's actually the cafe that you wrote about in the latest yeah, article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I t- took a picture of yourself. In fact, I have that picture up at the radio blog, and people can look at it by going oh, cool. to truthjihad.com. Click on the radio show link and find the entry for this show. You'll see Lynn sitting at the is it the Ka Dao Cafe?
1: Uh, it's, uh, There's actually two different Ds in Vietnamese, so it's actually the ca sao. It's, it's
0: a Z, yeah. Okay. So well, it, it looks like a great table. place.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could join you at the table. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it looks there's pretty there, nice. There's
1: quite a few mosquitoes here, but, uh, you know, yeah. Otherwise, it's fine. It's a great place to sit.
0: Well, that's amazing. So you've got the mosquitoes instead of me. That's a switch. Like here in uh, the swamplands of the Wisconsin River Country, we typically have the worst clouds of mosquitoes in creation but right now they haven't come out yet. So uh, I don't, I've don't. i got one less thing to complain about. And, you know, now that you're on the show, I have one less thing to complain about too, Lynn, because it's been hard to get in touch with you between the kinds of places you've been staying and your lousy time zone for this show. It's been a while since you've been on. Uh, so you have a lot to say, I guess, about both where you've been and you're, as discussed to this, the rest of us, about the COVID scandemic and the uh, Ukraine, uh, what do we, Ukraine insane is what, Thaddeus Kazinski yeah. called it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, we have a lot start? to
1: talk about. Yeah, and things yeah. are getting very urgent,
0: man. Yeah, you know, Thaddeus and I were talking about how all of the blue check people who are living in the matrix—that is, the majority of the people who are you know, sitting around on social media commenting on things—seem like they're all screaming for Armageddon. Like, hey, give us a no-fly zone, and the and the media and and the government here in the U.S. seem to be responding affirmatively. Just in the last day, we had the media tell us that the U.S. helped sink the Russian flagship and that the U.S. is helping Ukraine kill Russian generals. They're just begging Russia to take out an American ship and kill some American generals. Please, please help us start World War. Everybody's begging for World War III. Do they even understand what's going to happen when that breaks out? Kevin, I think the boredom in the West is so great. You know, the tedium
1: and just the mind-numbing lifestyle is so bad that they would rather just die, you know, but they want something (laughs) exciting to happen just for maybe, uh, you know, half a day before they die. Uh, Something great to watch on TV and then maybe to see out the window and then they're gone. You know, anything but the life they're living, man. It's, It's unbearable.
0: Oh man! Well, be careful what you wish for; you just might get it. Uh, no, I'm
1: I'm not wishing it for myself. I'm saying no, people, know. you know, yeah. people in like a, uh, uh, you know, the USA, the great USA. Uh, yeah, 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 I know,
0: I know. That's what I'm I'm talking to them when I say that. Uh, it's it's they must be in, in, infested with the Freudian Thanatos, the death wish that that Sigmund Freud said is a, uh, causes so much of our our problem. He he got very metaphysical at a certain point. You know, got past his uh his his P cocka fixation <laughs> and got kind of yeah, metaphysical. Yeah. And yeah you see a death wish sometimes, and it's i mean anybody who's like calling for a no-fly zone obviously has a very serious death wish
1: well one of my readers uh uh sent me a, a message and said that he was uh drunk all the time uh in one of the midwest states, and uh he he thought that he, you know he couldn't go on like that, so he had to join the army and within six months he was in he was in Afghanistan, and he said it was the best time of his life you know sobered um, him up huh yeah I mean and now that he's back he's like. You know, dying of boredom. I mean, he he he. You know, he would go to like Walmart just to see
0: people. You know, uh, you must be pretty bored if you're you're going to Walmart to see people for kicks, because I mean, well, you must be pretty bored to go to you
1: know, Afghanistan for for excitement, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that I mean, that's kind of got an honorable pedigree because there's a whole history of people, uh, including literary figures like Hemingway, who went to war and had the time of their lives as as scary and horrible as it was, it's still the time of their lives. They come back in peacetime and life is boring. Um, right, right, Part of the pre- problem there is Colin Wilson wrote some pretty good books about this. I mean, he's he's a kind of a pop philosopher. A lot of people write him off as a crank, but I think he was on to certain things. He wrote a book called Poetry and Mysticism where he's talked about how people need to get back in touch with the mystical way of seeing reality the mystical way is is when you strip all the veils of the superficial materialistic perception away and you actually see what's in front of you and some people this happens when they take psychedelics too uh you're overwhelmed with the glorious magnificence of every little speck of creation you know if the if, uh, you know the every the grain of sand is is infinite and uh that perception means you don't you don't need to go off to war and, and experience death and blood and male buddy bonding with the guys who are experiencing death and blood to feel good about life you're like blown away by the beauty of life and grateful to the creator of it and and you're good but i think that the culture now doesn't have much any of that
1: well guys like hemingway and orwell they went to war uh under a kind of idealism you know they were motivated by something uh very uh, coherent But a lot of Americans, they go to war uh, over really nothing. I mean, they're fighting for Jews, man. They're fighting, dying for Jews. I mean, they don't even know where they're going. So it's a whole different ballgame. You know what I'm saying? They're fleeing from something.
0: So let's talk about that. Because here at Truth Jihad Radio, we go exactly to the place that you're not supposed to go. So uh, like with the 9-11 wars, if you said, you know, this is going into Iraq especially, but even to some extent Afghanistan and then Syria and Libya – and so on, and destroying Somalia, and destroying Sudan, and just, you know, destroying Lebanon. Uh, all of this is fighting for Jews. You wouldn't be entirely wrong because you're fighting for the Jewish state, and the Jewish state is supported by an awful lot of ethnocentric uh, and some of them very, very wealthy and powerful Jewish people all over the world, especially here in the United States, uh, New York, D.C., uh, Los Angeles, and other places. So if you said that, you know, then I would say you're not entirely wrong. But with the Ukraine thing it's, you know, it's it's not as obvious that there's any particular, you know, Zionist, Israeli or ethnically Jewish angle to I mean, yes, angles. But is that what it's really primarily about? Or is it more primarily about kind of a, a, a liberal oligarchical you know, neoliberal empire that's trying to swallow up the world? And yeah, maybe very wealthy Jewish people are overrepresented among the oligarchy of that empire. But that's not all it is. It's really more of an oligarchy than just a bunch of Jews, isn't it? But, Kevin, let's, 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 let's slow down
1: and, and look at the Ukraine situation, okay? You have this Zelensky guy who's Jewish, right? And the guy behind him, uh, Kolomarski, who's also Jewish and an oligarch, who has four citizenships, okay, four passports, okay? So Zelensky was propped up by this uh, Kolomarski. You know, uh, Kolomarski groomed the Ukrainian people to uh, think of this guy as a president. Through a tv show all right and then he created a, a political party to you know to um you know to prepare him for the presidency so he's basically uh a, a fiction you know uh for the ukrainian people you know he, he's not a real president he's a, yeah, guy he's a reality show president. With his penis, man you know <laughs> i mean i mean i hope everyone knows that by now you know and he made fun of the Cossacks with uh, this sort of village people version of, you know, uh, of the Cossacks. I mean, Jews hate Slavs, man. And Zelensky's and Kolomarsky, they hate Slavs. So, th- so they'd love to see Russians and uh, Ukrainians killing each other. All right? So it is a Jewish thing. And, vi- and you have Victoria Newland, whose grandfather is- was from Odessa. So she's still bitter about the-, the fact that her granddaddy had to be kicked out of uh, Ukraine. And nearly drove her father crazy. Okay, so there's a Jewish angle all over the place. And the defense minister is Resnikov, another Jew. And you know, the, the Jews are quite proud of this angle. I mean, they're celebrating it. You know, they, you know, they, they, you know, they say this is a war be- of Jewish Ukraine versus uh, the new Hitler. So they're celebrating it. It, it. It's out in the open. And you know, and it, it, if you want to get a little bit more um, speculative, you can say the uh, Khazaria. Kazaria was this Jewish empire right where Ukraine is now. And Kazaria was this Jewish empire that was destroyed by the Russians. Okay, so maybe there's some, you know, artistic uh, revenge here. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of angles. The Jewish angles are all over this war. But basically, Jews love to see white people killing each other. And, you know, white people are so happy to oblige them, you know, uh, including Americans who go to war to kill, you know, well, not just other white people, but you know, World War Two. All right, so, so uh, yet the Jewish angle is very important to examine, and hardly anybody's talking about it except you know nutcases like us.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree that those are legitimate angles, uh, and it's interesting also that this uh, kind of neocon and uh, Jewish oligarch alliance that's got a lot of influence in Ukraine is allying with these neo-Nazis from Galicia. Uh and and what do they have in common? They all hate Slavs. As you said, uh, <laughs> they, some of these Jews hate Slavs because of the pogroms and the whole history there when they were in the Pale of Settlement, which is in what's now Ukraine. And going back then to to the the Russians and the Slavs defeating Khazaria as you said. So yeah, there may be these ancient tribal hatreds, but it's interesting it's driven these Jews into a kind of alliance with Nazis. as these Galicia uh, Nazis who were recruited by the CIA after World War II and weaponized against the Soviet Union and were continued to be maintained as potential we- weapons against Russia. And then they were unleashed in 2014. So absolutely, these kinds of ethnic factors are there. But in the big picture, I still see this thing as more... A, an attempt to lure the Russian bear into a trap in order to take out one of these three pillars of the emerging multipolar world. And yeah, maybe they chose Russia partly because of these ethnic hatreds. But on the other hand, if it was Jews and the Zionists calling the shots, wouldn't they have gone after Iran first? I mean, they had, hate Iran a lot more than they hate Russia. Uh, these Jews and Zionists actually have a lot of influence in Russia. So. Uh it, To me, it's not so obvious that at the, you know, the highest level, this is really about Jews or Zionism. But
1: here's, here's another interesting uh, uh, consideration. OK, uh, uh, they are hurting the West by going to, to war against Russia. OK, so, the, you know, because of the wheat, wheat uh, production that is uh, uh, prevented from reaching the, the world market, you know, from Russia and Ukraine, uh, you know, uh, there is a, uh, food shortage on the horizon. But the, you know, the West is also hurting its own citizens. You know, in the, in the United States, you have, um, the killing of chickens, turkeys, pigs, fish, and even deer. Okay. So they stop, you know, so they, they're stopping their own people. I mean, they're blaming the food shortages on Putin's war, but they're not doing anything to help themselves. So, that's, that maybe that's the real hidden agenda. I mean, with the vaccines, they, they, they have already killed a lot of their own people. And more, many more people will die. And now they're causing a food crisis. Okay, so this is very intentional. So, you know, they're not just going to war against Putin. They're going to war against themselves. I mean, well, their own citizens. Okay, so there's a depopulation agenda that should be looked at very um, soberly. And, you know, we've got to figure this out, man. I mean, because they're not helping themselves at all. They're preventing food from being grown, and they're killing off a lot of their own food sources. So what's up with all that?
0: Yeah, one of the stories that I think we covered this last week on False Flag Weekly News, uh, we uh, talked about it a little bit, was the series of fires that broke out and and plane crashes uh, into food processing facilities. Within a couple of days, apparently, there were single-engine planes that dove into two of America's major food processing facilities. Now, I guess, you know, three times would be a conspiracy twice might still be a co- coincidence, but that's still quite a coincidence, along with this long list of mysterious fires breaking out in the food processing facilities. It does make you wonder. On the other hand, there's always a sort of a hysteria about this sort of thing that arises and leads people to connect too many dots. But I don't think we should discount the possibility that there is some kind of depopulation agenda going on. The Malthusians in high places, including our our friends Bill Gates and and these other well-known Malthusian types and depopulationists, uh, uh, may actually be right that there's a problem with the level of human population we have right now in terms of what it's doing to the ecosystem and where that will take us in the future. So uh, certainly they think they're right. And if you were in that position and you were drunk on your own power, you know, you might take it on yourself to try to do something about it. And, of course, that is, you know, it's, it's legitimate speculation about where COVID came from. Uh, could vaccines have some uh, connection to this? Uh, are they Are they targeting reproductive systems? There are a lot of uh, women who had stillbirths uh, perhaps connected to the vaccines and also to COVID itself. You know, that spike protein may be messing with us, and whether you get it from the disease or from the vaccine uh, and, yeah, I think that stuff has to be talked about. But that's almost as taboo. In fact, it's probably about equally taboo as talking about Jewish connections to anything negative.
1: But, Kevin, they, they've been talking about reducing the world population openly for decades. So it's not that taboo to them. It's just that their solutions uh, don't include them. You know, they include us. You know, they want to kill us off. You know, they're not killing themselves off. Uh, I bet you don't even know how many people live in Vietnam. Kevin, take a guess. Uh,
0: how many people what?
1: How many are the population of Vietnam?
0: Uh, Vietnam, boy, let me guess. Uh, I would guess um, uh, 50 million. A hundred million, man. Whoa. So, so, see, okay,
1: I mean, uh, there is a population problem, but the way to solve it is, for, I mean, their way to solve it is to kill you and me and our children, okay? And and who are they to decide, okay? So Vietnam is very overpopulated, but... but here's something else to consider if you take china india and southeast asia okay more people live in that area alone than outside of it okay so this where i am sitting right now is the most fertile the most uh
0: conducive to uh human growth i mean to it's mostly eat. rice isn't it like really intensive rice cultivation
1: and and everything else uh, you know because you can grow stuff year round okay yeah it is rice but you, you know Vietnamese eat everything man i mean you know your, your Vietnamese dish uh, it comes with all kinds of mint leaves you know wild you know like you know things that people don't eat anywhere else uh, you know freshly picked all kinds of herbs and leaves okay so um you know the the, the um the uh, the um the competition for food is fierce here all right and that's why they eat everything so you know um you know, you can eat, eat uh, inerts and pig's brains and, uh, uh, duck embryos and whatever, you know, uh, uh, wild rats and whatever. But, you know, most Vietnamese l- like to eat beef and chicken and seafood and shrimp, you know, what I mean, so, so they like to eat the good stuff too. So what I'm trying to get at is that, um, the resourcefulness of people here, I mean, they have to build up this, uh, openness to eating everything because the competition for food was so so fierce you know it's been this way forever, so what I'm trying to get is moving forward, okay uh what are people in the west gonna do are they are they gonna learn to have to adapt some of these uh practices or revert to older practices that they already had before? you know, and I'm not talking about you know like the um, uh, uh, you know suggestions from the top that people should eat more bugs and Etc. Okay, and and fake beef and all that. All right, but
0: and that's kind uh, of the Great Reset,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they've been talking about it. Like beef is like beef is like evil. You know, lamb I'm is. Evil.
0: You, you will you will own nothing,
1: eat bugs, and be happy. Right, but I'm saying that you know, well, Vietnamese don't really eat bugs, but they eat just about everything else. But they also love to eat beef. They eat a lot of beef here. What I'm trying to get is that. um you know moving forward i mean how are people going to survive this uh, uh planned starvation okay i'm talking about people in the west now how are they going to survive this planned starvation supermarkets running out of food okay so there's a lot of uh chatter online about growing your own food and raise your own chicken but they are preventing that too in in vong tau a city of a half a million people i can hear uh, a rooster crowing every morning because people raise chickens right in the city it's not a problem okay so but why are they preventing people in the West from doing that? You well, can't people are starting them. to
0: do that more here, but nowhere near at the level they would need to to really feed themselves by.
1: Yeah, but uh, you are yeah. living in a smaller town, right?
0: Well, yeah, but but even in the cities, there are some people. It's it's kind of a hobbyist thing, and it's still a small minority of people, but and and they don't t- they don't use roosters because the roosters wake up the neighbors and and piss everybody off. But like in Madison, Wisconsin. There are people who have these backyard little chicken things attached to their houses now. It's become a bit of a thing. Um, I mean, it's going to have to become a lot more of a thing if it's going to contribute anything substantial to the food supply, of course. Yeah, but at least you can save your own yourself, you know, by growing your own vegetables.
1: By you know, uh, you, you don't really need that much land to to supplement, you know, your food uh, intake. So, you know, I'm I'm talking about resourcefulness. We're getting back to that now
0: yeah so, yeah well we i i do that here we I've got the equivalent of maybe uh forty or fifty four by four raised beds, some of it in railroad ties and some of it in giant tractor tires uh yeah. full of compost and I grow all kinds of stuff and so specialize in, in greens uh which we freeze and keep all winter and salads, but other stuff too
1: yeah but but i i the the first step is to realize your government is trying to kill you, you know i mean I think people should really. Need to be reminded of that all the time. Your government is trying to kill you. I don't think that's an extreme thing to
0: say. I mean, well, everything part they're Well doing- part of it is part, part of it is 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 trying to help you, like uh, Reagan said, are the most dangerous words. And then part of it is trying to kill you, and and that is kind of a it, it messes with your mind. You know, Thaddeus Kaczynski was talking about that how how they've got us thinking two contradictory thoughts at once. And then I think that there are you know, bureaucrats who think that they're, in fact, the majority of them probably think they're trying to help us, including like the COVID bureaucrats. <laughs> but then there are probably some others who know the score. Well, I'm talking about the, the the current government,
1: okay? The current government in the United States and Canada and Australia and, you know, other places in the West, they are working against their own citizens. You know, I mean, uh, even the lockdowns, they, they destroy your businesses, you know? Well, uh, let,
0: let, let, let me question that. Okay, so – like right now, the Chinese are locking down like crazy. Is that because the Chinese government hates Chinese people or is it because it's like a dry run for another bioweapon attack? It may be that COVID was an American bioweapon targeting the Chinese economy. And when the, you know, when the American government was locking down and doing these COVID things, sure, they probably knew that face masks didn't really work. But, hey, it's a good signaling device to get everybody all you know aware that there is this problem and uh, I, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of sincere people who really were pursuing these idiotic COVID policies out of uh, more or less good intentions. And and then if if you look at the top level of the Machiavellians, the people who are actually pulling this stuff off, sure, there might be some of them might be Malthusians who want to reduce the population and have these nefarious plans to do terrible things to us. But you might also have some platonic guardians who are looking at the big picture and saying, you know, know, here in the United States, we are gobbling up a grotesquely uh, outsized share of the world's resources, and uh, we need to keep it that way. I think there's a famous strategist who said that after World War II. So, Uh, now we're, we're selling worthless green paper to the world in return for real goods and services. And we've got this nice big chunk of land here in North America off the beaten path producing a lot of stuff. Our people are really spoiled and we want to keep it that way, but it's going to be really hard because the rest of the world is catching up with us. We were, we were like the West, we were like 60, 70% of global GDP just a few decades ago. And now we're down below 50%. We're heading for 20 something percent real soon. This could be a huge disaster. And how are we going to keep this empire going? This empire that depends on printing green paper and exchanging it for real goods and services and then building all kinds of military stuff and putting it all over the world and holding guns and knives at people's throats and saying, keep taking our green paper, give us advantageous terms of trade, blah, 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 do things our way or else. So that's how this empire works that way. And that empire does trickle down to all the, the slobs in Walmart who have really easy lives compared to people in most parts of the world. So if you're a, uh, a platonic guardian running the American empire, you're saying, yeah, you know, harming China's economy with a bioweapon. Well, it was a nice idea. It really was a good idea. It's too bad it blew back. Um, it's going after Russia. We got to do this. We got to figure out a way to, you know, to blow up Russia, China and Iran, especially China. But right now we can get Russia. So let's pick them off. We can lure them into a bear trap. And we're doing this on behalf of the American empire and ultimately the American people who feed off the crumbs falling from the table of people like us, the oligarchs at the top. Right. So they may be thinking like that. They may not be just totally, you know, hey, let's kill all these ordinary people. Right.
1: Kevin, let, let, let's, re- let's re-examine two uh, your, your contention you mentioned just now, that, that, that it was an American bioweapon, all right, and that it, it was a blowback, that they did not intend uh, all the bad consequences. I'm sorry about all the dogs barking in the background. I'm in an alley, yeah? I, mean, uh, I, I anyway, think they, agree, uh, they agree with you. They're barking at me. <laughs> no, they disagree with me. That's why they are <laughs> go Okay, good. Uh, so anyway, um, so it was an American bioweapon, And it was a blowback that caused all the horrible consequences. Okay, Uh, let's think about that. I don't think it was a blowback because I think they intended all the horrible consequences. Okay, including the lockdowns and especially the vaccine. And I think another uh, main objective that they had, I mean, by they, I mean, the the leaders of the West, so-called West. um, They wanted to introduce a kind of social credit system that China already had. Okay, with a with a health passport, or they can call it whatever else. Next, uh, you know, the food ration card. It, what it means is that they want to, to control every aspect of your life, which China already has. So this leads to the the, the the you know the point that China already was totalitarian. China is totalitarian. China did not need COVID to introduce these uh, extreme measures, but the West did. All right. So why is China locking down its people now? This is very baffling, because he's hurting his own economy by doing so. You know, Shanghai's locked down for over a month now, and Beijing is starting to be locked down. So uh, there is a suggestion that this is their way of hurting the U.S., because they can withstand these lockdowns. But the U.S. will really suffer, uh, because China is de- denying the U.S. of many uh, components, of many merchandises, of many... Um, you know things that it needs for its own economy, you know so so China is accelerating the collapse of the American economy by imposing these lockdowns on on his own population. So this is like a disguised embargo, and I'm just throwing that out i'm not sure i'm hundred percent convinced by it, but it makes as much sense as anything else right now, because why are they doing these seemingly self destructive
0: uh, acts? Yeah, I I don't understand it either. And I guess that's as good a theory as any. And it, it seems like there's kind of a perfect storm uh, coming with the wheat and the energy being taken off the market because of the Ukraine situation. And uh, the, the economy of the global economy is still kind of reeling post-COVID and hasn't really fully started up. And then this, these supply chain disruptions as well. So yeah, that, uh, may, you know, I don't know why else China would be doing that. The, with the Omicron COVID thing, I don't see why that would be considered so dangerous that they have to take such extreme measures. And, and what's really odd about this is if, you know, if, if Ron Uns with his, his, that COVID ebook of his, our, our COVID-19 catastrophe that does lay out some, what I think is pretty convincing evidence that there was a U.S bio-attack on uh, China and Iran that probably unleashed it, uh, that if that's the case, then why uh, would, you know, why why would the West uh, basically screw up and just let it run wild while China would totally lock down against it? I mean, maybe China's paranoid, but if, you know, China should see that if the West sent it to them and the West knows, obviously knows about this virus, lets it run wild, has given up containing it, what's the advantage for China to contain it? So it is it is puzzling, and your I guess, I guess, is as good as any.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, I'll just discuss briefly, uh, you know, UNS is stuck on, you know, uh, on the bioweapon, U.S. bioweapon angle. He doesn't go any further. He doesn't see that, that this weapon is used against the American population purposely. That's why I I, I – decided he's a fraud okay he mocks people who question the vaccine issue the lockdown issues okay so he doesn't go oh. any further than that he's stuck yeah, on, I, I don't know he's, i think
0: he's he's kind of gotten uh pretty reasonable about that he's i've i've raised it with him and he hasn't mocked me
1: well he mocked me okay uh and he mocked other people i mean he he, he, he ridiculed these concerns and he doesn't go he doesn't he doesn't talk about albert bula okay his jewish buddy okay uh, you know, who who is killing billions of people? Okay, or who, is trying to. All right. So, the, my definition of a limited hangout website is that it talks about shit that you can't solve, and and to distract you from things that you can still do something about. And the the, the genocide in progress is the vaccine and the lockdowns and the starvation. All these things, you know, uh, was started with the COVID crisis. Okay. So until you go there, you are a fraud. You can talk about the Holocaust all you want. That's eighty years ago, all right. So, uh, if you're not talking about the crimes that are right in front of you, then you have a serious problem because you you know unless you're really stupid or something, or you know, or you're deflecting people's attention away from from the you know like the house is burning down. You're talking about some shit that happened eighty years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you could you could you know you can argue that from the other side that if indeed this was a u.s bio on china which is you know we don't have to step very far outside of the uh, fairly standard historical paradigm to expect that would happen like you would expect it you say okay you know we've got the u.s is the number one power and the number one power is always going to do what it can to preempt the rise of the number two power this is how the big big wars always start and so the u.s is going to Go to war against China to stop its rise. How's it going to do that? Well, the engine of China's rise is its economy. So the U.S. is going to find a way to go to war against China's economy. What will that be? Well, Robert Cadillac, uh, who Trump appointed as his bioweapons czar in 2017, is a lifelong adherent of the belief that the best way to wage deniable economic warfare is through biological weapons. And there's a long history of U.S. biological attacks on a long list of countries. So Cadillac is just kind of the, the latest uh, iteration of this, but he's kind of openly enthusiastic about it. And then China's uh, pork and chicken supply kind of just mysteriously died after drones flew over their farms in 2018 and 2019. So uh, it th- there's and then there's that that ABC News smoking gun video. So there's this really strong case where you don't even have to diverge very much from what kind of, Everybody in the universities and the, you know, the top level media knows about history and current events to say, yeah, I mean, this is just like smoking gun obvious that it was a U.S. bio And then you, you look at what happened in Iran and it becomes even more obvious. So Kevin,
1: I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Everything you just said, but yeah. we, we can't stop there. OK, this is also a weapon against the American people and, and people in the West. OK, and a lot of it is hysteria. Well, that, that could be true, right? so they're using obvious. the COVID to lock people down, you know, to in- introduce the social criticism. They're borrowing this trick from China. So until you, you reach the next step and say, wait a second, it's not just against China or Iran. It's also a weapon, uh, even if mostly psychological, against the American people. And 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 one of the main instruments is a damn vaccine. I mean, they, they're killing people literally. All right. So. So until you finger, uh, uh, until you mention Rochelle Walensky and uh, Albert Bula as as geno- uh you know, as as, as guilty of genocide, you, you you know, you're not going far enough. Okay, I mean that's the real crime right now. Okay, so we agree that it is aimed at China. It was aimed at China and Iran, but it is being acted on uh, the citizens of the West, and it's still going on. Okay, in. It, Despite the distraction from the Ukrainian war and now the abortion um, uh, controversy okay so uh, they, they're not done with the vaccine yet so so that' that's you know that's something that Americans and people in the West can do something about, and they try some of them did try so anyone who who tried to steer the conversation away from that is is serving the criminals.
0: Well, again, from, you know, from just for the sake of argument, Ron's point of view might be that the perpetrators of this uh, realized they were so sloppy that there was a danger they might get caught with that attack on China and Iran that they actually would prefer to have a wild and crazy, super populist and often unsophisticated conversation that's focusing on other issues so that the mainstream can demonize the COVID dissidents as a bunch of louts and kind of, you know, low education uh, people and so on, but so they Kevin, can get a majority Kevin, to go on. with their Ron
1: never talked about the vaccines uh, as a weapon, okay? Kept knocking that down. Well, I don't
0: think he believes they are. I mean, he, you know, he probably would think that the if well, if well, How stupid he can
1: he be, man? Seriously, because so many people have been injured. I mean, in Vietnam, I know people who have been injured, all right? So, I mean, we all know people who have been injured. Unless, unless Ron has no social life and doesn't deal with anybody, he must know people who have been injured. He can't really believe that, all right. And even if he believes that, he should allow people who question it. You know, uh I mean, he allows just about everything. All all kinds of weird shit on there, all right. I mean, he. he I remember an article when the guy questioned the existence of the Roman Empire, if I, if I remember
0: correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, I mean, he he, he <laughs> re- allows that. I mean, you know, this is a crime right in front of our face, man, and people over the world, uh, uh outrage over this.
0: Well, but, right? you know, let's, let's, you know, Mike Whitney's articles actually have carried, you know, the point of view you're expressing pretty forcefully and gotten huge readership. So I, I don't think it's really been suppressed. I think Ron has kind of, you know, rolled his eyes a few times maybe or expressed, you know, his take on these things. Uh, but I, I, I would have to say, like, you know, every outlet on the internet it Has got you know some some something I'm not going to 100% agree with, but the ones that I like are the ones that err for the most part on the side of free speech. They're never perfect though. Like veterans today, well, listen, I can it's, do not, anything it's not really I want. about
1: free speech uh, because the Jews always use uh, uh, you know use free speech uh, as a wedge to uh, corrupt society. You know they they, they you know they, they squeeze in all kinds of weird shit and they say, well, you got to allow it because it's free speech. You know, whether it's pornography or, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Howard Stern is free, free speech, you know. Um, uh, well, Jerry I, 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 I'm speech. talking
0: about the kind of commentary we do, right?
1: Well, I'm just saying, I mean, Ron Unz, you know, I realized, wait a second, I realized when, you know, when people call me a gook on Un's Review, I thought it was these glitches, you know, like Ron just missed these comments. But then I realized, wait a second, maybe he wants these whites to act as badly as possible. You know, because if if you search on 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 Uns Review like the word nigger, it shows up all the time. You know, I, and listen, I'm not so uptight that you can't use a bad word, but these people use these words freely because they're in they're in a forum that, that where that where that is welcome. Okay, so what, what I'm trying to say is that I mean, if I if if I invite you to my house, Kevin, all right, and there are 20 Vietnamese guests and they all treat you well. One guy certainly call you something, and I don't say something as as the host, then then there's a problem. And Ron Unz, as a, you know, as a, I mean, and he, he's going against his own policy. You're not supposed to, to attack people like that, but he allows it. So, and, you know, don't think that he allows everything, because if you make him look really foolish, he'll censor your comment. People have come to me and say, well, my comment wasn't allowed. So so that's, that's a charade, man. You can call him a kike. That's fine. Because he, he wants whites to behave like savages. So you can call people nigger, kike, hoops, whatever. But you, you can't make Ronalds look too stupid. All right? So, okay, so he allows Whitney, uh, you know, a uh, control opposition must allow something. You can't, you know, outright ban everything. But he made it very clear to me that he did not, not welcome uh, my articles about the vaccine issue. and he, And eventually he made it pretty clear to me that he didn't want me there anymore. All right? So... Um, I'm just saying. Uh, moving forward, I think it become more obvious that Ron Nunes is a fraud. And you know, for your own sake, maybe you should think about uh, giving him cover, man, because your 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 uh, um, your appearance there and Robert Craig uh, Craig Roberts, uh, uh, you know, another people, legitimate writers, give Ron Nunes the cover that he needs to push his real agenda.
0: Well, okay? I see, I, I don't think I don't really see that. Like, I think his stuff. Uh, the stuff he publishes there is really good. I mean, it's consistently very, very high level, uh, compares favorably with pretty much any any writing on current events that's out there anywhere. And there's a lot of other good stuff on that site, as well as some not such great stuff with this, as you said, this kind of uh, huge proportion of sort of racialist, uh, white nationalist, racialist type stuff that yeah, you know, the excuse, of course, is that that's censored everywhere else, which it is increasingly. But it does kind of uh, skunk by association all of this other good stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that critique. But then if you're going to compare that site with what else is out there, you know, like I also published at Veterans Today, and they were fanatically pro-vaccine. The, edit- the top editors were fanatically pro-vaccine, you know, totally opposed to the whole populist, you know, COVID uh, rebellion and, and vastly, you know, about 10,000 times more obnoxious than Ron Enns would ever be about that. And somehow I'll, I and a few other people who have views closer to yours managed to stay there because they let us keep posting. And so I keep every once in a while, you know, Gordon Duff would say something really obnoxious in some editor's note added to the front of my article, but ultimately, well, okay, so it's his website. I guess I can live with a little bit of that. And you compare that to every place else, you know, like Counterpunch, they won't even let you talk about 9-11. Certainly not the way I would talk about it, much less, uh, Jewish issues. Uh, you, you just look at any website, even like global research. Um, you know, or the few that are fairly good and, uh, dealing with the kind of stuff we deal with. Um, I think we're going to have these problems. There's almost going to be a problem with any of them.
1: So it is a desert, man. It is a desert. You know, yeah. you have, yeah. the American uh, public forum is, is is a wasteland.
0: You know. Well, but the, but there's still good stuff, and so if you can just kind of, uh, you know, sift through the bad, it's that's like what Ron said about the comments. You know, like I've I've asked him about it's like, you know, what's what? There are all these garbage comments and all these races. Yeah, but you know, you you just zip through these comments and ignore all the stupid ones, and then you find some amazingly good stuff in the comments. And okay, whatever. Yeah. So if you take that attitude towards everything on the internet and you don't expect anything to be consistently what you would call really good and right about everything. <laughs> you know, you but, Kevin, let's
1: get back. Let's get back to, I mean, you know, I published there for years, man, and th- he never objected to anything I wrote on any issue. Suddenly he he, he started, you know, he started complaining to me about the vaccine mm-hmm. uh, problem, which I found bizarre because mm-hmm. that's like the, the number one public, uh, crisis right
0: now you know? well, i had the same problem in spades at veterans today it was worse it was a million times worse there yeah, so, so what's there going go.
1: on? so wait yeah. a second man you know you you were cool with everything else all of a sudden you worry about this mm-hmm. you know i mean what's up what's wrong with you man and anyway he, he made it abundantly <laughs> clear that he didn't want me there so but fine i mean i feel so much better moving away from you know moving forward but let, let yeah. That's us back to the. It's interesting. Interestingly, both out. of
0: these, both of these sites, Lin, uh, both the Un's Review and Veterans Today, uh, are back publishing a lot of really good stuff about Ukraine. So, I mean, they were both, you know. Yeah, uh,
1: because because they know we can't do shit about Ukraine, man. I'm saying, you know, like a uh, limited hangout space is that they'll they'll allow you to talk about things you can't solve. You know, mm-hmm. the Ukraine situation is going to move forward. But the vaccine issue is something that is very personal because you know people uh have relatives and friends and maybe themselves are being hurt by it and that's something that can that can that can still be dealt with I mean we talk about lives man millions of lives being you know destroyed mm-hmm. i mean i back I'm back in Vietnam and I know people here uh later on this morning i'm gonna see a friend you know he he took the job two jobs and and he's he's a mess I'm gonna see him later today so i mean every, we all know people like that, okay. So I mean, it's a very urgent issue. Actually, know? I don't.
0: I don't think I do. I mean, I, I do know. I know two people who were hospitalized with COVID-like symptoms after being vaccinated, and then one, uh, Jim Fetzer, <laughs> who was hospitalized uh, with a COVID diagnosis. I think without being vaccinated. But other than that. Um, my whole family of sheeple i'm not talking about my my wife and sons but my uh my extended family has all been vaccinated and i haven't heard a peep about any negative symptoms from them or so brainwashed even if they had them maybe they wouldn't notice but uh and and i guess i don't know that many vaccinated people though maybe but no i I haven't really met anybody who's described these kinds of problems
1: yeah well maybe you spare maybe your your extended family is uh part of the net, the network that's
0: spare maybe they're maybe they're all reptilians maybe i'm part You <laughs>
1: your reptilian blood uh preventing you from getting hurt uh, don't tell me you got vaccinated no you did not
0: are you kidding uh, no, I, I, I
1: don't did. know man you
0: No, if they if they come after you with a, with a syringe um no that's that's it i'll i'll that's when i will uh i will die fighting back on that one for sure um But no, it's, it's, uh, I I basically agree with you that the way I would phrase it based on the stuff I've been reading, I've been reading all this stuff from the dissident doctors and, and, you know, I've had Meryl Nass on the show a bunch of times. And so, I mean, the way I would phrase it is not so much this is like a kill shot that's necessarily, well, who knows what the long-term effects are, but in the short and medium terms, it just looks like I would describe it as it sure looks to me like the uh, downside is a lot worse than any. Benefits and these benefits that they describe turn out to be very short, impermanent, and then you have to get jabbed again. And each time you get jabbed, the benefits last for a shorter period. And by the time then when it wears off, you're actually worse off than you were before, at least in terms of getting the likelihood of getting infected with COVID. So it, when they say they're, they're safe, uh, and, and effective, that's not true. Number one, they're not safe. There are very good arguments that at least 100,000, maybe up to 300,000 or something Americans have died from these jabs. And uh, they certainly probably haven't say, saved that many people by any means. And so the safe and effective thing.
1: I don't think they save anybody. But, the, the, I mean, they can't kill pe- people immediately on who's going to agree to be jabbed. You know, it, it works on you over time. But, but let, let, let me give you, the, the, you know, two concrete examples. The guy I'm going to see later today is my son. And he's a translator and a writer and a critic. Okay, I, I've known him for 20 years, over 20 years, all right? So, I mean, he's like, I don't know, 64, 65, something like that. But he was in great health up to a year ago. I mean, he's very youthful looking, okay? When I saw him about uh, uh 10 days ago, he couldn't talk to me. We were sitting next to each other having dinner. You know, he would just grin, you know, and, you know... <laughs> I mean, the guy was just weird, man. I mean, it's just tragic to see. And this happened immediately after he got jabbed. All right? He was, he was hospitalized. And he was eager to be jabbed. All right? So, he, you know, so it's too late now. I mean, you know, his life is ruined. He's not going to write anymore. I mean, he published his last book only um, in uh, 2017 or something. And he was still writing. He was still active. But his life is ruined. And my landlady in Bung Tau... You know, she said that her health is down to maybe 40 percent of what it was. Okay, and, and these people believe in the jabs. Wow. All right. And, yeah, yeah, I name Vietnam has been traumatized into believing the jab because people are wearing masks left and right here, man. It's it's, it's kind of farcical. They they go into the ocean, they swim with with the mask on in, in the ocean. Seriously. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could not believe it myself. You know what? The first woman I saw swimming with a mask on, I'm thinking she. She's a weirdo. And then I saw other people doing it. Okay, so Vietnam is like a, this big joke of COVID hysteria, except that everything is still is functioning normally. Okay, all the restaurants, all the cafes, everything, because people need to eat. They need to, to make money. And, you know, Vietnamese love to eat. So
0: you know they, so they're they, not, they, not forcing you to mask in the cafes and restaurants, are they?
1: No, no, no. no. And they, they're no longer penalizing people for walking down the street. I, I, I stopped wearing a mask because at first I thought maybe, you know, in public I must wear a mask. But I have friends here who 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 never wore masks and say, well, actually they did have they had to a little while back, but they said that you don't need to worry about that because they are no longer penalizing people. The signs they have all these billboards out saying you're going to be fined so much money if you if you don't have a mask on, but it's not enforced, okay. But but what's sad is that you see toddlers, man, two or three year olds playing in the in the uh, in the park with a mask on,
0: you know, so. Wow. Uh, so it are, it are, you think, are you wondering whether you, whether going back to Vietnam was a good idea? No, no. I'm fine because everything is
1: functioning here, okay? All the cafes, all the restaurants are functioning normally. Uh, I would say 99% of them, all right? So so life is normal. It's just that people riding their motorbikes around with a mask on, and then they That's go to the restaurant and take the mask off. <laughs> okay? It doesn't make any sense. They're sitting among people, they taking the mask off, and then they put the mask back on when they get on a motorbike.
0: Yeah, I, I find I find masking extremely alienating and obnoxious. I mean, not just because it's this mimetic virus that all these people are just doing because everybody else is doing it mindlessly, but also because it it hides the facial expressions and it really messes with the communication for me. Like I, I have a harder time understanding what people are saying, and the warmth of the communication is gone when you can't see the facial expressions. So. It's just a nightmare for me that people do this, especially because it's it's not effective there's just is not evidence that it's effective, so we assume it isn't and it, uh,
1: listen, and, yeah. and for children it 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 destroys their development man you know if you're like a three year old and you can't see uh you know adults' mouth as they talk you, you don't even learn how to talk properly,
0: yeah, maybe they're purposely trying to raise a generation of zombies and you know the phone the way everybody's carrying their phones around and doing these idiotic kinds of, of apps, you know, TikTok uh, you know, nonsense, is sometimes it looks like they're really going out of their way to dumb us down even more than in the past.
1: Yeah, we're we dumb enough already, but uh, yesterday I walked by a <laughs> playground. Uh, there were kids, I mean, seven or eight years old playing basketball, and, and like, most of them had masks on.
0: I'm oh, no, eight. seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we saw when yeah. My son and I went to Richland Center, Wisconsin, where there's a, a nice basketball court. With a soft, relatively soft surface, which is good for my uh, my sixty three year old joints, and uh, we're playing basketball. There's a sign there that says uh, something like, uh, "You know, players must wear masks." I mean, we just laughed. I mean, who's going to wear a mask playing basketball? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: um, Readers should go onto my blog to see some a couple of my photos of Vietnamese in the ocean wearing masks. Now you can hardly breathe with it uh, without water. You know, uh, you know. I mean. If, you, if there's water on your mask, how the hell are you going to breathe at all? And there's nobody around these... It sounds like no they're waterboarding
0: over. themselves, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: that's the next step. Hey, maybe uh, maybe people in the in the West should start doing this, right? They're behind Vietnamese man. They, they you know they wear masks, but they're not uh,
0: waterboarding themselves. Well, this yet. is why they want you to wear masks because then you'll go in the ocean or the lake and you'll waterboard yourself, <laughs> and that way you'll be able to torture yourself into admitting and confessing that deep within inside you there is a a right wing extremist, <laughs> conspiracy theorist.
1: Well, the, the Vietnamese, uh, how, how can they be branded as right-wing extremists? You know, So that, that's a bit of a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of an American thing and even a European thing now, but maybe not so much in Vietnam. Um, well, the good news, though, is that the right-wing extremists are now uh, hip and cool, apparently. I was talking about this with Thaddeus Kaczynski in the first hour. There's this Vanity Fair article that just came out about the so-called right-wing ex- extremists, which are really just the red-pilled people. And apparently it's it's now kind of a a fad. Uh, It's becoming popular among younger people to to be red pilled, Uh, although it's some some of them are red pilled in kind of weird ways that I wouldn't necessarily identify with myself. Um, But, you know, you think that we're going to live long enough to be cool again, Lynn? Uh, Probably not. I I have I'm very pessimistic. But but uh,
1: uh, just a note on on right wing extremism. Um, you know, Vietnam is technically a communist country. All right. But there's no, uh, Jewish thinking left here. All right. By that, I mean, there's no talks of, there's no bullshit.
0: Well, you better import, you better import some Jews then.
1: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I could use a good deli down the street. But anyway, um, all the slogans that put up by the government stress nationalism. Okay. Which is the opposite of Jewish thinking. Of communism, all right. So there's no uh, universal brotherhood. Marx, there's none, 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 zero. Even the quotation that they put up by Ho Chi Minh stress uh, nationalism. So th- th- the the Communist Party Vietnam justifies its continued existence by, by you know, um, you know, by uh, with nationalist slogans. Okay, so nationalism is is the way to move forward at least for Vietnam and obviously for Russia and anyway, for any country that, needs, that wants to survive, because that just makes sense, man. You need to take care of your own culture, of your own interests, you know, uh, preferably without stepping on anyone's toes. But there's nothing wrong with, with defending yourself, man, defending your language, your culture, your heroes, your military heroes, you know, reclaiming all that and rejecting any sort of uh, globalism, internationalism. Any sort of bullshit, uh, utopian talk, just just take care of yourselves first. And that's that's how you survive.
0: But, but Leon, if the whole world turns into a bunch of nationalists, how are the neoliberal oligarchs going to take over the world and institute a one-world government? Well, um,
1: countries that want to go along with that, go ahead, man. Just leave me out of it. Leave, leave the Vietnamese out of it. And, you know, leave uh, whatever. I mean, you, you know go ahead and, and, and buy into all that bullshit but uh, you know the Vietnamese have have experienced it you know all this weird talk about you know universal brotherhood and all this crap and you know really I mean I don't think Vietnamese were ever good Marxists, you know so uh, there's not even any talk about class struggle in Vietnam. none of the slogans address that. you know why because the richest people are the party members, the, the top echelon party members. Okay, they own they own a lot of land. They own a lot of nightclubs. So you came and talk about that.
0: So, so when no. your family fled communist Vietnam and came to America, and you grew up, and then you had to flee communist America to go back to Vietnam. <laughs> but to go back to uh, to nationalist Vietnam. It's uh, full which circle.
1: It's masquerading as communism.
0: <laughs> things have gone full circle. The liberals are now the conservatives. The conservatives are the liberals. Everything's mixed up. If you're a peacenik and a civil libertarian, as I told that is Kaczynski. Now you're a right-wing extremist. Uh, the world has, uh, become almost indecipherable. And you know, maybe that's how they want it. Well, <laughs> Lynn, I think we're at the end of the show. Uh, so let's send people to your two websites. You have a Substack, stack, uh, substack.com. and you have that postcards from the end of the American empire site as well. Uh, and I've linked those at the radio blog, which people can find by going to truthjihad.com and clicking on the radio schedule link. So, uh, thank you, Lynn. I hear the music. That means uh, we'll have to get you back again now that you're in a congenial time zone for my live radio show. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, God bless. You, Kevin. With you. Thank you. always,
1: thanks, That's,
0: that's, that's yeah. Yeah.